our E3 impressions. Live from Twitch. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast. Live! Live from, from my weird game room thing that y'all see all the time. Just We've been doing it at a different angle a lot lately. If you don't know who we are, we are Triangle Square PlayStation Podcast. Saw, you got to get your part in. Sorry. Squeeze it. No, you didn't set me up right. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> welcome to Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Sawbridge is bringing you lucky episode 64. <clears throat> of this lovely podcast. You can normally find us is on... Is this episode 64? It is episode okay. 64. You can usually find us on YouTube every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST, uh, where you can subscribe to us if you like what we're doing. Keep things going over there. Check out our newest videos that we put them on. We normally have a new episode uh, every Monday, which is when this will post to that service. Uh, and we also... And a new episode of Saw Plays every Tuesday. Yeah, and a Wednesday. new episode of Saw Plays. Look, Wednesday. Saul can't even remember when he uploads his own thing. Uh, yeah, but if you uh, want to listen to us on podcast services, we're also there, and this is also there. Uh, and here lately, we've been doing a little bit more of this Twitch mess, so we uh, are trying to get better at you know talking about when we're going to uh, go live and figuring out exactly how that works. But streaming is a little complicated. That's what we've learned. It is easier than your mind anticipates, though. Hiccups. Uh, yeah. Hiccups are what gets Hiccups. in the way. Yeah, no, it's not hard but every, itself. But everything else in terms of our way of setting up and our way of editing and stuff, it's actually easier for streaming, which is which is pretty good. Uh, for those that are here live on Twitch, be sure to stick around after the episode where I will be completing Dark Souls 3 all in one go. Brett's going to sit here and hang out with me, and uh, we're going to be going through chat and just kind of, you know, it's going to be like Saw Plays if you're a fan of that, except it's going to be a little different. But we'll get and into I, that. And I may or may not turn another controller on in the middle of him playing and take over control. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll see what happens. I have so. to have a good player. <laughs> Excuse Anyways, me, that hurt my soul. So this episode is going to be a little bit differently in terms of structuring. We do not have any news this week. We do not have any drop this week. What we can do is hop right on into reader mail and then go ahead and go on with the main topic. I guess. Sure, but what I'll say for the time being is, you know, to, to keep a little bit of our standard formula. So, what have you played this week? Oh, yeah, that is You've something. been off all week, so you've had way more time, and we both have one game that's a little odd for us both to have ended up playing, but we played it nonetheless. So, so we'll get Dark Souls 3 out of the way because it's obvious. Um, I haven't played a lot of Switch this week, actually. Octopath Traveler demo came out, and that is... Man, that game is good. That That game, I am so excited for that game to be coming out next month. And just playing from the demo, I only played Osiris, uh, which is the scholar and uh, in Atlas Dem. And there is eight choosable characters in the demo. You only have three hours, so I am curious to see if you can delete the demo, install it again, and play for another three hours as different characters. Uh, or if it remembers your Yeah, if it login remembers stuff. my login stuff or my time played. Uh, so I'm curious about that. If anybody knows anything about that, let me know in the chat. But... um. Other than uh, Octopath, I picked up Hollow Knight. I've been playing Hollow Knight a lot. I think I'm a, about halfway done, I think. It's it's kind of hard to grasp your progression in that game. Is it as good as it looks? No, it is. Okay, it looks so good. Still, is, that's another one of those sad it's not on Vita things. Yes, Ugh, that, that game me. is absolutely amazing. Um, but let's see, Hollow Knight and Octopath on Switch. Dark Souls 3 on PS4. Uh, I, I picked up For Honor when I was on sale for 20 bucks. Uh I really wish Sony had a refund thing because it's just not my jam. Oh, well. Uh, Could have spent that $20 on something else, but I'm quite all right with it, I guess. Uh, but we've also, with the help of one of our friends, 
in Discord. He's right here in our Twitch chat. His name is Blake. We've been playing Sea of Thieves. Been we a have? Fun, really fun experience. Yeah, exactly, man. It kills me real quick. Uh, Sean mentioned that it's the same as not on Vita. That's like a huge thing to me because I feel, I feel like looking at that game, I cannot conceivably see any reason that it can't be on Vita outside of just choosing against it, which is fine. I and mean, it, it, it is took a forever reason. to come to Switch from when they announced it, too. Yeah, which is that's crazy. true, too, because that game's been announced for a long time. So it just now coming over. It, maybe it shows that development on the game in general is just kind of going rough, and I'm sure it's a very small team. So it happens. But yeah, we've been playing Sea of Thieves, and I have to say, uh, what me and Saul both did since we have gaming PCs that are, you know, very capable, uh, we download or we, we got into the uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass thing that they did did for a dollar for a month uh, is what i chose to do i did the 14, opted the 14 day free trial which both would have been fine uh, and we, we yeah we played um we played see if these with blake shout out buddy uh and i gotta say you know I've, we've, I've only played it once i didn't get to play yesterday due to a due to a really long work day but it was extremely fun and i'll say you know there's been a lot of talk from everybody on it but i gotta say my own interpretation is that it's a fine game there's really nothing wrong with it. I can see a sense of lack of content, uh, and I do think that it's not a good $60 game, which I also understood that argument when it came to uh, uh, the you know the most comparable game that I know, uh, which is um, uh, no, Man, no Man's Sky. So I think I see that. It looks like it'd be a great $40 game at, at most, and I think maybe even a $30 game. But, of course, you really don't see those types of games being full releases from first-party studios very often. So I think $40 would have been a much better sweet spot. But it is fun, and considering that they're continuing to update it, it seems like they did the kind of thing that you're seeing more often with these types of games, which is releasing it stable and with everything working, but not quite as the product you originally intended to be able to release. And, I mean, I think that that's fine. They don't really, you know... It, the the things that they are talking about adding just seems like things that are like, why wouldn't you put that at the beginning? And I'm sure that was probably a plan, yeah. but it was like, we've got to get this out. Yeah. Uh, and so. uh, that game, I said it in discord is that game does a fantastic job of not playing alongside friends, but playing with friends, something destiny really lacks in, in destiny and in even division, all these other games. And I'm sure Anthem is going to be something similar is that when in reality, you're playing with your friends, you're just, playing with them um you're not really playing or you're playing alongside them you're not playing with them okay See if these does a good job of and something I, I do get what you're saying and i'd say i wish ryan was in here on the chat because i will say this when we played the division with ryan which i know i played a little bit more than you did with ryan well no i know what you're gonna say well, well ryan makes it more yeah you can based. assign roles to people yeah in games, and but the game doesn't lend its well it doesn't make you do that and see if these it kind of makes you work yeah. together it makes you do it, it it makes you have to do it to be even moderately successful yeah uh yeah so i agree and it's i mean it's cool uh and it's an interesting way to pull things off and there's actually like oh we're each going to take a role on you know yeah uh, I, yeah very it, teamwork heavy it was fun i was up in the crow's nest keeping a lookout for you know rocks and other ships and then uh pretty much blake and brett were taking turns driving and kind of just scouting out things and manning the sails and then they send me a picture like two hours later in Discord, and there's like a halfway sinking ship, and I just see Brett's name underwater, and then I see Blake sitting on top, just chilling. It's like you're doing, you're not doing nothing. Well, we, <laughs> the we ship had, was gone. I'll say that was cool because Blake, Blake was like, "Hey, check this out," and I was like, "Okay," and we sailed to the edge of the world, and that's what that is. Is that why the water was red? Yep. I want to do that tonight. It's I want really to see cool. That. Uh, uh, and me, that was after me and Blake actually had gotten a had managed to run through and actually get some skulls and find a shipwreck and cool stuff. Oh yeah. And I see, like I say, I see it being fun for a little while, but I think it's a game that lends itself extremely well due to the lack of progression. And this is the one thing I say is smart about it um, is that 
the game works to where you can play it for as long as you want to. And since there's not a traditional progression system, you can bounce out at any time you want to. Yep. And then when they update it, you can come back without feeling like you're behind everybody, exactly. which is a problem in Destiny. Well, now, but at the same time, Destiny lends itself to you playing it for longer periods because there's a progression system. Right. So I think it's a balance, but it is smart to keep people coming back because while I played Destiny 2 for a good chunk when it first came out, I am actually kind of dreading going back to it because I you know it's going to be up to a lot of catching up to do. And uh, Sean pointed out in chat, he said, some Destiny raids, you need proper teamwork, but that's about it. And that is true, especially the King's Fall raid and the... Um, Dude, the, the the most recent one. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't... Yeah, I can't what, what, think what, what it's called. I can't what remember what it's called either. Yeah, the Leviathan raid. The Leviathan, there you go. Uh, yeah. You definitely need teamwork in them. Uh, I will say, though, that that is something that takes a lot of work and such just to be able to do with friends, where this one, you're pretty much out of the gate. You know, working together and, and, and manning a boat and stuff. And it, it yeah. feel, it's just fun. Um, but, and, I mean, I hope that Destiny can get more of a sense of that. I don't know how it does because of the type of game it is. No, no, yeah. Anthem, I'm not it's sure. Hard. It really depends because the thing about Anthem is that there's, you know, yeah, there's different classes, but actually having incredibly different speeded and like I mean and again I know that's all true in Destiny but it looks like it's to an even greater extent in Anthem that the different uh, javelins that you can put on which are your suits yeah, uh, and since they're not tied to a character that's also a cool move is that there's more of a reason to want to switch and be like okay I can actually fulfill a role you know what I mean and I'm hoping yeah I'm hoping that there is a role in the game because you would think the same with the same kind of system that Destiny has but there's not one but Destiny you're locked to a character so if I only want to play Destiny so much that I only want to make a Viable sorcerer or whatever they are, uh, warlock. So, warlock. Thank you. Uh, and Titan, like uh, me, I normally play this Titan. So my only real character that was usable in these situations was a Titan because I did not want to play Destiny over and over again trying to build up this other one. So letting me switch out my suit, kind of like Warframe does, uh, was great. As, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, that was one of the bigger surprises and, and what made me kind of even more stoked for that. So I think it's cool. Yeah, we, we you're seeing more and more co-op games that are trying to do things differently and yeah destiny was kind of a pioneer in getting co-op people playing and like but like you say it tends to be more definitely in the moment-to-moment gameplay early on tends to be more just playing alongside your friends whereas only until you get into the raid and i will say the raid is a great example of making you work together oh yeah you have to Uh, and, Uh, and that was from the few raids i played in the first game it was much more true of Destiny 2's first raid than yeah. the early raids in the first game. And see, Sea of Thieves, uh, just, it lends itself so well to that multiplayer experience I've been wanting that no game has provided me. And that is, you know, I wish there was a game in which you roam places and you have to kind of stick with roles in terms of what they're doing. And, uh, you know, you could do it like me. I, I played Grand Theft Auto Five, in which we were like that, where we were hitting up convenience stores to rob them, and we had our driver. We had our shooter, and then we had our aggressor. So roles that you put on your right, kind of like, how you do in the division when we sure. play the division. Like sure. I was the sniper in division. I kind of wish that there were more games that forced you into these roles or lended better to do these roles instead of just playing how you want. No Man's Sky was was the epitome of something that I wanted in a game of like a being like I could be a bounty hunter and you can be like a mineral miner or something on a planet, and we could all work. Which together. is what I'm really hoping is what's coming up because yeah, with this next I would update. Love it. No Man's Sky is probably going to be exactly what I wish Sea of Thieves was because there's not a level system in, in necessarily in No Man's Sky, but there is like, okay, I've upgraded my health, my suit, my right. ship. There's an upgrade system that's fun to go after. And if I have more of a reason, like the one thing I was talking with Blake about is the fact that they chose to make everything that's upgradable in the game that you spend your money on just completely visual is kind of a shame because even small things that don't necessarily make you stronger but give you some form of, of perceived advantage would have been cool. Right. So like being able to buy a new sale 
and put it on your boat, but have it be one that, like, if you go and get more money, your sail's lighter and a little faster on top of looking cool. Is that, that way, in the game? No. Okay. No, I know it's, there's it's armor all, and weapons and such, but it's all cosmetic. It's all cosmetic, and that's, that's a shame because I feel like there's ways to keep the game balanced because, of course, you don't want people who've been playing longer and have money to come out and just be able to wreck everybody. Right. Uh, but having small things like, well, their ship's a little faster than ours. Um, or, and I mean, I don't know exactly what else to say, but that's one of the first things. As soon as he was talking about the sales, I was like, well, why can't you just make a sale that goes faster? So I think that the things that No Man's Sky lends itself to in that particular sense of like, okay, well, I'm upgrading my weapon to be able to shoot for longer before it has right. to recharge or mine for longer. before That would it has definitely to add some depth to the game. And it'll make wanting to get together. It's like, okay, well, look, I'm the ship runner, right? Let's say that I don't want to make my ship fast or worry about it being weaponry. I want to make my ship strong, right? And the way that you can set up your things in, in, in No Man's sky i can actually set up my nodes to be like i'm gonna be the freighter y'all y'all mine everything and depending on how the game lets you do it, it'd be great if y'all could trade with me or whatever and it's like okay i'm like outside of the freighter that we haven't bought yet while we're working to do that so that we can send stuff here i'll be the side, freighter yeah, and i'll be the freighter. heavy and what i'll do is y'all put y'all give all the stuff to me i keep an extra room for that but i also keep make sure that all my modules are defense oriented then what okay. happens is that y'all are all like one of y'all's fast so that y'all can be the fastest person one of y'all can be very weapon oriented so that y'all can be a protector and yeah. like okay uh the me the freighter's getting attacked here we are we got to do this come over and, and protect me and then you, if you can get big enough which i don't know how big the no man's sky thing is it, going to let you go it looks like maybe four people together which if so that's still cool have it to where you can set up like a team and you can have multiple ships now so if nothing else for a little bit i can operate as a freighter but then we can all be strong fast ships that do a lot of damage and then we can go and actually attack someone's freighter and be like space pirates. How awesome would that be? That's my thing is that it's a perfect example of a game with so much possibility and so much potential that it's not quite hitting, but it's getting real close. And this newest update looks like it's actually going to be what hits it. So Yeah, and I'm excited. Uh, we turned into a PlayStation or an Xbox podcast there for a while there. What have you been playing, Brett, other than Sea of Thieves? Yeah, Sea of Thieves was good. Um, and I had a lot of fun with that. So thank you for actually even pushing me to do that, Blake. I did not know the dollar promotion was going on. Shout out to how well Games Anywhere plays. How, how seamless that, yeah, that whole thing very is. Very much so. Um, even the party chat and everything, the Xbox program on the PC. Uh, but now going back towards what I've been playing on PlayStation, I have been very heavily playing Vampire. Um, now, because of the way Vampire plays out, I'm choosing to grind a little bit to keep myself... Uh, mainly because I'm trying to see if there's a way... The game is very odd in the sense of the leveling system and where it puts you. And I'm not going to tell you too much because I know you still want to learn a lot. Yeah. But the game uh, has like, well, okay, you're definitely not supposed to go to this area because the enemies are too strong. Right? Okay, and yeah. they, But the enemies scale too, uh, to an extent. Okay, I don't like scaling Now, not enemies. entirely, but they scale to a small extent. Uh, that way, if you go back, it's not like, oh, okay. You're, so at the very beginning of the game, you're, you're fighting other people that are like level two, level four at most. But then you can go back to them, and the level fours are level six at max. And it's just so, yeah, they're still easy, and they're still there, but they're giving you a little bit more, and their drops are a little more oriented into what you're doing at the time. But because the drops are so geared towards different medicines and different serums that you make for yourselves and parts for your gun potential, or your because you can upgrade all your weapons, and you get different parts per. I like that system a lot. It's really cool. Um Real quick, Sean says, I found myself mainly doing a No Man's Skies grinding to be able to use the hyperdrive to keep traveling. And that was the problem with that game was the the loop of trying to get further. Uh, it started to wear itself thin, but if you had a reason to play with other people, I think that's awesome. But yeah, back to Vampire. Um, the game is really good. It still continues to show a little bit of its double-A leanings, but I think it's a really great game, and it makes me think that by the time I'm done with it, I'm going to be really even more excited for Twin Mirror. 
So that's kind of where I'm at. I didn't get to play a whole lot else this week because I was we were keeping busy with streaming stuff and Grandpa's health kind of took a dive. So I've been kind of all over the place and not doing a whole lot. Even when I got home yesterday, I just laid down and watched Parks and Rec for like an hour before crashing. So uh, I don't know. It's pretty fun in that sense. But Saul, uh, since there's no drop, do you just want to hop into reader mail? Yeah. Um, as you guys may or may not know, we post a question on Twitter every single Friday over there at Triangle SQRD, in which we ask you guys to ask us questions, and then we pick three of those, and we go ahead and answer them on air. We take the rest, and we bank them for later for our monthly Reader Mail episode that comes out on the first Friday of every month. Okay, one Since, second, real real quick, because it's something I forgot to mention whenever yeah. you said Blake. Uh, Blake and Josh, courtesy of those two great people, that's Bobo May and Blake Post, or however you want to say that, B-L-K-P-B-S-T, so Blake Post. Uh, anyway, they... Um, I'm, we're not big Facebook people. Saul so doesn't have a Facebook, but courtesy of them, I do have a Facebook and want to try. And, and I, because of this, I have more of a reason to be active on Facebook. We did start a Triangle Squared Facebook group. So if you listen to this and you're not much of a Twitter person, but you still want to interact with people who listen to the show, or maybe you don't care for Discord and you want more uh, controllable conversations, which I know can be a problem in Discord as it continues to get big, then you can interact with us on the Facebook, which actually helps us have different threads for conversation. Uh, and that is just Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. You can find our group, and if you ever need anything, you can ask me. Uh, I am the, you know, I'm, I'm a mod for it, or, you know, really, I guess the creator. And then you can also reach out to Blake or Josh, uh, either of them, if you need any help as that continues to grow. We'll see how that goes, but it's Ooh. just a cool new thing to announce. Uh, but, Saul, go ahead and hop into the reader mail. Uh, sorry for interrupting you. No, no, yeah, no problem. Okay, so uh, we did take three questions from our reader mail questions and uh we banked one that was richard's he asked us what uh game franchises you think would make a good card game i want to go on that in the reader mail because that's a really really good question and that's I, a great question and i have an idea that is somewhat of a lengthy response and uh since we're sticking with three we'll start with josh okay i want to real quick and i'm sorry to interrupt you again uh Dylan mentions that the video and audio are super scuffed. Is anybody else experiencing any kind of things? Because, you know, this is only our second oh. time doing a live episode um, in this complete sense. So if anybody else is having any audio or visual problems, please let me know. Uh, but otherwise, we're just going to keep trucking on. So go ahead, Saul. Sure thing. Um, we have Josh with the first question. Oops. With all the excitement, uh, with all the excitement of games such as Resident Evil 2 and Pokemon Let's Go, where do you guys stand when it comes to remakes? Should they stay in the past where they where they are beloved and that way we can move forward with new games or do we continue with nostalgia trips? I'm all for remakes. Uh, remakes, remasters, ports, all that stuff is cool. Until uh, Sony gets a pseudo answer to backwards compatibility, I think that's the only way we have to go right now for us main PlayStation users. So I don't mind them one bit, especially with all, having all the Kingdom Hearts games in one spot, having all the Dark Souls games in one spot. Uh, so it works out really, really well. Having all the Devil May Cry games in one spot, it, it's it's fine for me. I th I agree, and I think my big thing with remakes and remasters, I th a, a, I want to say, Josh, that's a great question because a lot of people are very split on what those are. Like, okay, well, do you really want to remake or remaster? Because I know some people think it's taking resources away from other st from studios to be able to do it more. They usually hand these off to secondary studios that are just made to go back and make sure the assets are refreshed or renewed or uh, you know rescaled. Uh, with all that being said, though, I mean, I think that the biggest thing that you can really say, um, it's it's in there, Saul. So. Oh, no, I was just going to do the entire list. Okay. Yeah, the actual five. Yeah. Oh, never mind. The winners are in there. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Anyway, uh, I think that there's something to be said about it because here's the thing. I know a lot of people, uh, like actually speaking of Sean, who's in the party um, or in the chat, 
today, he was mentioning that he picked up the Kingdom Hearts collection uh, outside of 2.8. So he's got 1.5, 2.5 collection, which lets him play uh, Birth by Sleep, Chain of Memories, 1 and 2 again. So he played 1 and 2, but he never played the other one. So the great thing is, is he can refresh himself on 1 and 2 uh, while also playing new games he's never played before because they came on other systems. So I think that there's a huge argument in favor of remasters because they really do let people who did not either have the console or the ability or money or whatever it was to go play them again um, or go back and play them so they can play them now or you can play them again if you it's been so long that you just want to re-experience them because I want to say I love Crash Bandicoot and I played the hell out of the Crash Bandicoot games but playing them with that new set of coat uh, or new coat of fresh paint whatever you want to say about it as well as it being a little more fluid even and being, you know, hey, heavily things, graphics. I couldn't play them on PS4 currently anyway. I had to go back to my PS3. And then giving me trophy support. There was a lot there that let me experience a game I already knew or three games I already knew and loved in a new way with new things that I didn't quite expect. I didn't know what the trophy list was going to be. And I never really did time trials on uh, Crash Bandicoot 3, which was the only game that originally had them, but they came back and added them on every game. Thought that was an awesome move, letting you play as Coco in every game, except for boss fights. Great move, because it just gives you a little bit more inclusivity without really sacrificing anything in the game. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing is that putting the time trials in every game and then giving me a reason to through the trophies actually do that made it awesome that I could be like, okay, I have a real reason that I want to sit there and do these time trials. And then when I started them, I realized, oh, these time trials are fun. Yeah, they're frustrating, but they're really fun. Um, but then I think the last thing could be said that a lot of games will come out and they'll end up getting weird cult followings like the original Nier is a great example. Uh, and I think the biggest upside that it could come from something like a remaster of that or even a remake of that is that the original, while being a lovely game that I, I mean, I really do love that game. I think that having people, giving people the ability to play it for the first time or again without some of the performance problems that the original one had uh, is a big thing to say. Uh, and I think that the same would be true of Drakengard 3. Drakengard 3 ran even more rough than Nier uh, and really could stand to run on modern hardware with some real support added into it being optimized. So I think that there's that argument because there's a lot of games that come out as remasters that just run so much better than their original. So it's a little bit of everything. Dark I Souls 1. Yeah, and I, and that's why I say Pokemon is the is a very interesting thing because Pokemon have been doing remakes forever, uh, starting with Fire Red back on Game Boy Advance. So, I it's a great way to get to add things that you've been doing while also keeping things somewhat original, so that people can love the experience originally, but in a fresh way. And I think that that's cool. I I feel like there's no argument against it realistically because of the fact that they don't tend to use the the real studios to do it. Um, but great question. So. Next question, we have Josh Ayers. Ayers, I think he. I hate I hate his last name because I think Ayers. our yeah, yeah I think our southern accent messes it up uh, for us. Uh, he says, now that you have time to process and stew on it, what conference was the best at E three, and excluding EA, the worst? I'd say the best was Sony, and the worst was Bethesda. Due to nothing, I really care about. So the way I'm going to answer this question is the best overall conference. I kind of want to wait for the main topic on that. Really? Because that's kind of what we're doing anyway. You know, we're kind of recapping and, and giving our impressions on them, which I know we did live. The only okay. thing about it is going really into them seems like it's it would be better suited for once we break into that and can really let that be the whole main well, I, topic. I'll tell you what then. Since we're going to break into the main topic right after this, do you want to go ahead and answer that third? And we'll just use that as a segue. Absolutely. Cool. That's what we'll do. So the last question we have, Mr. Sean. Shout out to him in chat. Same question as before your last podcast. Your biggest surprise to come out of this year's E3. Ryan's here. Thank you. Oh, is he really? You're late, though. We needed you to defend the way that you play the division while making us all take on cool roles and, and being real, you know, 
uh, vocal, but I'm glad you're here, Ryan. Uh, anyway, sorry, do the question one more time. What was your biggest surprise out of E3? What was the biggest surprise? Okay, Thanks to Sean. Um, oh, yeah, Sean. Uh, you know what, Sean? Because we gave you all one last time and it was, you know, going into E3. I think coming into this, knowing that we know now, I think the legit biggest surprise for me, like, that, I want to say, like, I just didn't expect myself to care as much as I still care. And we talked about at the beginning of the episode is Anthem. And I think it's because I literally came into E3 being like, well, I'm, I'm fine that Anthem's being made. I don't really care. I'm not a huge Bioware fan. Uh, they've done... <laughs> Have it work, Sumi. Yeah, okay. Have fun, Ryan. Uh, hopefully, you get to listen to us a little bit and be a little active. But I get it. Work's important. Um, but, you know, I think that that's... Anthem just surprised me from the fact that I went in not really so caring. indifferent. That's, yeah. I'm not going to say negatively. I just went in indifferent and walked away. I think the way they chose to do it was a little odd. But I think them showing what they showed and then actually kind of telling me things that I didn't even know I wanted to hear that were already like the exact ne- opposite of the things I don't care about in destiny was great. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I stand. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that are really surprising. There were a few, but we didn't see stuff on some of the other ones that were surprising. So I don't want to say that it was my, my biggest thing because I think that there's a lot more to be said about changing my position on something rather than just exciting me about something. I don't know something about. Yeah. Um, See, in terms of that, I would have to say that one of my biggest, I don't think it isn't the biggest one, but one of my biggest is for sure them saying Hollow Knight was available on Switch that they, they have. Um, I was not expecting that. I was expecting um, probably October-ish to kind of go along with the subreddit because I think that's pretty much what we were all thinking. Um, not only that, though, I think that Octopath was the biggest surprise, the fact that it is only coming out in one month. There's been so much speculation on that game so much uh, in terms of what we do not know about it that we were people were saying that that name's not even the real name. Yep. And it's here it is a month later. It's its real name. Uh, they gave you a they gave you a good three hour demo to play with multiple characters, eight of them to be exact, and to kind of go off the play of the name Octopath. Um, so I I think that is actually the most exciting thing that I took away from E three uh, was that that game's coming out next month. I've really been looking for a good turn-based style RPG game in the vein of Bravely Default in the in the realm of uh, Final Fa- classic Final Fantasy games. And not only have I been wanting that, I've been wanting it for the Switch. So just playing the demo yesterday has kind of solidified that that it is going to be fantastic. Um, any major big surprise other than Anthem for you? Resident hmm. Evil 2 was kind of there. Like, I was kind of surprised that was at Sony's. There was a mixture. Places. There was a mixture. I think the biggest surprise for me... I mean, it makes sense because it was a PS1 exclusive, but... So, n- now, just so I can see his wording very specifically, was it biggest surprise in general or surprise nope. game? I think it's just biggest surprise. Okay. Let me look real quick. Your biggest surprise to come out of this year is E3. Okay, so I think the biggest surprise for me, and I do mean this, and it sounds crazy, I think the biggest surprise is that even though it's what I wanted from them in a, in a slightly different way, I got to really say my biggest surprise was a a mixture, but it's going to be, it's one thought. It's just a mixture is that Xbox came out so well (laughs) and so strong. And yeah, while they didn't show me exactly what I wanted to see from everything, they, they had the, what, what they did is they came out with such strong pacing and such good messaging about the fact that they know they have weakness and this is every step that they're doing to fix that. And purchasing um, all those companies. It was smart. It was a gut punch uh, specifically for Ninja Theory, but not because of Microsoft. I actually think it's a smart move for Microsoft. It just seemed like an odd move for Ninja Theory. Uh, but 
with that being said, the fact that they came out so strongly showed such a good pacing and, and list of games. They had a couple of bad moments of pacing, but of every conference, they actually had the best pacing. Yeah. And that Sony came out and just demolished pacing, which has been their key card yeah. the last few years. It was so I bad. think it was the fact that they switched because I thought Microsoft's pacing was awful last year, but Sony's was perfect. And then what did we see? Bam, flip. Exact opposite. And I think that that was my biggest surprise. So, I mean. So, uh, this is going to lead us into the main topic, as we just discussed a few moments ago. Uh, and something that actually is going to kind of play off of what Brett just said is his last surprise is that Josh did say that now that we've had time to stew on it and kind of think Ryan. about it. Oh, bye, Ryan. Uh, that what was the best and worst conference, excluding EA? Um, it's weird that you say excluding uh, EA. Because that's not the worst conference to me. That's actually not See, even the second But I wonder, worst. is he excluding EA because they were the only one that wasn't technically considered In the e schedule? They're not considered E3. It's just EA yeah. Play. It's their completely own event. Because like Squares, right? Squares was pre-recorded, but they still considered it an E3 showcase. Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't know. I will say this. Why? Because I do... Okay, I have slight disagreements potentially, but I want to see... You said EA wasn't the worst. So who was? No. Because I will say this... Nintendo was the worst. I did not watch Nintendo. Nintendo I was at work. It, it couldn't, is a tie. Been busy. It's a tie between Nintendo and Square for being the worst for me. The reason I say that, they had the most exciting news come out. Nintendo absolutely killed the pacing in when they went to Smash Brothers. When they went to Smash Brothers, that was it. They there spent was way nothing too long else. On it. There was nothing else after Smash Brothers. It was like thirty minutes of Smash Brothers, and they they unveiled some cool things like all the characters from every game ever coming into the game. And people are speculating that means every map, dude. That's massive. That that that's going to be a like that sixty five characters. I think sixty six if you include that Ridley was announced. My real quick thing about that is that I feel like the last game already had problems making sure that everything was balanced once they started adding in DLC characters. Well, how the hell are you going to balance 65 people? Knowing how intense the competitive uh, scene in Smash Brothers is and that the fact that they announced things that they were changing mechanic-wise, uh, they know that they can't mess that up. Uh, so it, it, it's not necessarily come in terms of uh, any kind of balancing issues per se. I think it's going to come down to... Uh, the mechanic changes for competitive users because the balancing issues have never really been a huge problem in the competitive community. Uh, hey, we just got our Twitch affiliate email. Looky there. So thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, thank everybody for tuning in. We just uh, got our affiliate inv invitation. Um, but Square was uh, the other one. It, it, what was that game called? Silent Guy or Silent Man? or uh, The Quiet Man. Quiet Man. I and did not care about that that much. They confirmed that you can play that in one sitting. Which means that it's I think it'll be I think it'll be cheap. I think it'll be highly experimental. I think, but yeah. here's here's where it comes down to, right? And this is something to say about E3 as a whole. Uh, to kind of answer the best and worst thing, and and one thing I'm I'm curious about real quick, Saul. Did you say that Bethesda wasn't great? Because Blake says Saul's wrong. Bethesda was amazing. Did you say anything about Bethesda? I thought I you, don't think I said anything about Bethesda. You said Nintendo and Square. Square. Okay, I'm just making sure. Unless hold on, hold on, Blake, point it out. Where did I say that? Uh, unless I may have confused them with Ubisoft, because I was saying Ubisoft was pretty weak. Now, uh, I know that Blake was real excited for Ubisoft, but I've heard very mixed things, and I've not watched Ubisoft or Nintendo. It's not bad. Those Let were the two that. I did not get to watch. It's not bad at all. The uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 thing was interesting. Um, the new Trials thing was kind of cool, kind of cringy at the same time with a guy. Um, but it was not a bad show. It was just not great. Uh, I thought you said Sony was Oh, no, 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 no. Because Sony was not my favorite. Um, hold on. Now, I, I think that that was... I think that was uh, Josh. Is he the one that says Bethesda was the worst? 
Yo, yeah, yeah. I was reading. There yeah, we there, are. There we go. I was reading the question out, Blake. <laughs> there we are. Yeah, yeah. Sony was best and worst. Yeah, Bethesda. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, Bethesda was not worse. But now Bethesda, hold on. Let's let's real quick paint that for for. I want to be fair. Josh has constantly come out and said, and I don't mean this in a bad way. It's an obviously biased statement because he's somebody who uh, he was somebody who was looking for for Bethesda to show him a reason as to why he should come back, and he didn't feel like he got that. So I get it. Oh, no, I understand completely. If you I just are, want to say that there, there's a small bit of bias in there. So Yeah, if you are a... Um, wasn't a great conference at all, but they showed some of my favorite games. Exactly with Nintendo. Was not a good conference at all for Nintendo, but I love the games that it did show me. Just to be clear, he, Ubisoft, uh, you didn't say that out loud. So Ubisoft was you know not a great oh, conference yeah. at all, but they showed him his favorite games. So. Uh, okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so the strongest, without a doubt... In my experience, was Microsoft. They had the best pacing. They showed off the best amount of multiplats. They showed off the amount of multiplats that I cared about, like Sekiro, Devil May Cry. Those two games right there to be announced at a Microsoft E3. If you were at GameStop a week ago and you told me that Microsoft was going to have Devil May Cry three and Shadows Die or Devil May Cry five, five, yeah, and Shadows Die twice at their conference, I would have called you a liar because I would not have believed you at all. Um, the fact that Dale May Cry 1, 2, and 3 were pretty much exclusives when they first came out back in the day. I th- I'm pretty sure you can get those games now in the collection on 360 or whatever and on Xbox One. Um, but yeah, Microsoft had, among the three titans, I'll rank it as Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. But if I'm going off of the entirety of E3 as a whole, Microsoft had the best. The next follow-up to what I thought was a really, really good, solid conference, yeah, it was killed by pacing, was Sony. And then I'm going to, I'm still going to, actually, I'll just go ahead and title that, or not title that, but say that as my top three, because then Nintendo fell in with the Octopath hype. The uh, uh, Demon's X Machina hype. That game looks fantastic. To know it's made by the same people who made Armored Core, I can't wait. A mech game on Switch is going to be great. So hold on, is that the From mech game? Uh, no, from that game is a remake of a PS2 game. I think that was a Japan exclusive that they're finally bringing over here. Oh, it was an Xbox game that was a Japan exclusive. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, okay. Was it? A, it was a 360 exclusive, right? Or was it original Xbox? No, game? original Xbox okay. that never made it over here. Yeah. Um, now, out of curiosity, you said that, but from the people that made Armored Core. Now, that's is that Square? I think it's from the minds that made Armored Core, like from the people, not from the company. Because I'm trying to remember, Armored Core is the from franchise correct no it is yeah okay I it could just sure. be teams let me double check that there. so was it a nintendo uh first party or was it what uh now that i can't remember you're especially from uh in terms of first parties and stuff with the way this e3 has worked i my brain is fried in in, in terms of who is who right now now i will uh, say this the yeah from the armor cord lead developer kinchiro to Sukuka. okay Sukuda. So yeah, and it's something that's been said a few times by a few different people in the in the Discord and just in general. I mean, it's an obvious thought is that Sony had the benefit of being at everybody's conference, you know, not purposely. Uh, it's not like they did it, but Sony was at every conference because they are dominating in such a way right now that they're getting exclusives. They were getting exclusives during the Square. One, we saw A Quiet Man is console exclusive, or The Quiet Man is, is console exclusive between PC and PS4. Um, oh. And you saw um, a couple of games they were talking about. So what was a, I, I'm trying to even remember, I don't have the list down in front of me, but they got a number of console exclusives. Uh, I think uh, right now we know that Dragon Quest Eleven 
is console exclusive. Right, and that was at Square. Uh, and that was with Square. And that's now, maybe that's here because I do want to say that I looked the other day and saw that in, in Japan it is coming to Switch. Uh, and I don't know if there's a reason for that. That's kind of uh, cool. It may be for pub. It may be for publishing things. I don't really know because I don't think I saw uh, Sony's name on the publishing rights. Um, and I could be wrong. But my point being is that at every conference you saw a number of third part of uh, third party exclusives, even if they were just console exclusives, coming to PlayStation. You saw PlayStation heavily, obviously, with with the amount of games that they showed. The majority of Microsoft's, excuse me. The games majority of Microsoft's conference was inadvertently PlayStation games because of the heavy nature of the third party. Uh, we did see a couple of console exclusives for them as well, or at least console launch exclusives. I don't think I saw anything that was a full-on console exclusive. Uh, we know that Horizon. Session. Huh? Horizon. Well, what I mean is like a third-party console, but you are oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a console, but that's a first-party. Gotcha. Uh, technically. I didn't hear you. Well, it's definitely first-party now because they bought the studio that makes it. Yeah. Uh, but so before it would have been a second party. Um but with that being said, um, you know, you saw that, but Sony really did a great job with that. And yeah, Session was one of the games. That's what I was getting to a second ago. That's a launch exclusive for Sorry. Microsoft. I think that there was something about some kind of PUBG launch exclusive for them. Microsoft did well. They just had the problem of playing second fiddle from the number of games that are going to hit them in the same way they're going to hit PlayStation. And that doesn't mean anything. And they still had a fantastic conference. And I think that they're doing everything they needed to do to get going. The only misstep, and I've said this a couple times, even during the event, the only misstep to me was talking about the next Xbox already. That seemed like such an odd step because in the grand scheme of things... Well, the time they gave that isn't that big of a deal. No, no, no. The fact that it was just a quick two, three-second sentence, if you were going to do it, only way to do it. Now, but talking about it all, I mean literally talking about it at all, considering that the X has not even been out for a solid year, right? Well, I think that's always come to expect too, right? It, it, everybody I knows. just feel like it's one of those things where... You everybody know, knows it's in development at this point. Everybody knows there's R&D working well, on no, it. Well, no, sure. But talking about it means that you're, you're ready to start saying something about it, which makes it seem like it's sooner rather than later. Maybe it's not. I think, it all, Maybe I think it's we not. all know it is But sooner, I do though. think that there's a couple things. I thought that they made a mistake, and now this is going back a couple of E3s. I thought they made a mistake when they even did that huge, big Scorpio thing that they had all these developers say some really vague things about Scorpio and then wait in, over an entire year to release the Scorpio still. You seeing? I think that's what the, that was that the first was huge, mention that, of it. Too, that was though. a huge mistake. No, yeah. no, they talked about it beforehand. No, I'm talking about E3. Oh, sure, E3 it conference. was the first E3 conference, but I still think that there's the way they chose to go about it was just weirdly done in comparison to the way that Sony was like, well, we're not going to talk about nothing. We're going to have an event for it, and we're going to release our pro, our you know, our our uh, mid-gen PS5. refresh. Oh, no, not that. Oh, oh, I'm oh, talking about going back yeah. in comparison to the Scorpio, saying that, hey, I'm going to do my mid-gen refresh. We're going to talk about it and release it in a matter of months. Yeah, uh, the way, way smarter. Now, of course, no, the One X benefited for being way stronger. I disagree because the way they announced the Pro was, was very stale. It was almost in that sense of like, we're I, not even excited for this because this is basically a business conference. Now, I could see that a little bit, but I didn't really feel any stronger about the way that they announced the X, to be honest with you. All it well, was was, right. hey, here's the console, and it's a monster. And that's why and I that think, was it. That's why I think they're learning in Every terms game. of it's a what monster. they're doing. Because they're like, everybody knows that both the PS5 and the Xbox, whatever it's going to be, has fully playable dev kits at this point. There is, without a doubt, we already know that, uh, what, what is that game called? Um... Space fly fly a game. Uh, Starbound. No, 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 no. What is it? Spacebound? Uh, uh, well, oh, which one? The Bethesda. Oh, Starfield. Starfield. 
Um, we all know that that's a next gen game. We and all know so that Elder Scrolls Six is a, is a next gen game. So we know that these people are making these games, which means that they have a playable dev kit of some kind at this point. Uh, and you know, what I think though is that they, the way that they just subtly said, you know, like you know, we are working <laughs> on the next big thing. And uh, who's Twitch Z? Play some sweet songs with that controller. I don't Man, know. Do not tempt me. I will hook this up to Clone Hero right now and play through the fire and flames. Um, but, but yeah. So I'm. I, I thought it was not. I didn't think it. I was indifferent about it. Like they just they very subtly, very quickly said that that's what we're working on, and that they, they left it at that. It was no big announcement. It was just yeah, Phil it, Spencer talking. It wasn't. Casually. It wasn't the. And I okay. So if I even want to say mistake, I don't want to say mistake. Just a misstep. Right, I wouldn't even say a mistake because, like, the way they chose, in my opinion, the way they chose to come out with the Scorpio thing a year, like, you know, the, the first E3 they mentioned, it was just way overboard. Oh no, yeah, it was. And the other thing that Which the is reason why I'm glad they did it this the way. other reason why I think they shouldn't have said anything about this one is that they came out of the gate acting like the Scorpio was not going to be a family of consoles; it was going to be a next gen console. Then what we ended up seeing after months and months of revised stuff was, oh, hey, good day, mate. Good day. I don't, I don't, I don't know. If- who else is Australian that we know that's Josh? Or is this I don't know, but hey, welcome to Triangle welcome, Squared, buddy. Welcome to our chat. Uh, but yeah, the, the thing about that is that, you know, after a, you know, the year before it came out to, to E3, I think it was like last March or something, there was a lot of really weird messaging problems they had going on with it, where there was rumors and stuff going around that it was it was stopping being a full next-gen console and instead was going to be more kin of the pro than it wasn't, now, than it was again. And then by the time it came out, we know that the One X is just a more powerful but still a kin of the pro console. Right. So, the and then we also know that they didn't completely deliver on the full 4K console. So there's something to be said about that as well. Yeah, that's true. And even even Blake is saying in our chat with Xbox being a family of consoles now, they will in the future all play the same games. It makes sense. I really hope that they will with the next console iteration. And now, but he also is saying, I mean, family of consoles meaning they're all compatible, not that one isn't next gen. I, I now I agree, uh, and I think that the nature of what they're doing does technically mean that one isn't next gen because with a family of consoles, the generational line has to disappear. Because now you're doing forward and backward compatibility. That's not quite the same as a real generational line like we've seen. Now, the thing is that they're doing, they're just really trekking in uncharted territory, which we've not seen before. So we can't give them quite the same things we've seen before. But, I mean, we can definitively say that they're technically not next gen because generation doesn't matter there anymore. There is not a really – it's really hard to say. It's somewhere in between, but I would say that they're just, if the next console they come out with is still part of the family of consoles thing and they are moving forward with that mantra, which I do believe is what they are doing. Uh, you, you saw that interview with Phil Spencer. I've not quite gotten to see it yet. I don't think there's much to say about in the fact of right now it sounds like they're still going to keep it with that. But at the same time, it very well could have been next gen system that has nothing to do with the Xbox One family. So with that, I don't know. It's just, it's in between where I really stand. So do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, no, I mean, it, it is going to be certainly weird, especially with the way Nintendo also likes to make their generations muddled in a way. Um, so I'm kind of curious as to where we're going to go with that. Uh, okay. So best conference though, what is your best? What is your best? And what is your worst? Okay. So I, I, I basically have said it, but from a pure conference standpoint, and I mean this you know, like, from a mixture of 
being excited about the games, being such great pacing, talking about stuff that people obviously want to hear and not getting in your own way too terribly much. I think Microsoft had the best conference. Now, from a from a full-on games I'm most excited to play conference, outside of the staggeringly bad pacing that they set very early on and then finally found footing with just to really screw up at the end with the quickly cutting off of the was it the Resident Evil 2 remake was the last thing they showed and it was just gone yeah it was just gone it was a terrible there was no way to outro. End. there was no Sean Layton coming out thanking everybody it was just all of a sudden we're at the we're at the post show so that's what it comes down to it's like you know see Xbox came out with a traditional ending but then it was that one more thing in a, in a clever way it was right? the best way now, so cyberpunk with that being said I think that Sony showed the games that I really wanted to see which was Ghost of Tsushima I wanted gameplay from Ghost of Tsushima so badly and seeing it, oh my God, was it beautiful. Oh, it and was. the fact that so many people were like, there's no way this is a PS4 game goes to show that the PS4 can still surprise us. And now we shouldn't be surprised by that because we keep getting more and more games that just really are going crazy over the board with, oh my God, I can't believe it looks that good. Detroit's a weird example because it's not a traditional game in the same sense. So it's probably afforded a lot more resources towards its visuals. Um, but with that being said, the fact that those games all look that good was great. Death Stranding showed enough. I still want to say, what did I say going into E3? If we come to Death Stranding and Death Stranding still doesn't give me a date, I think it was wrong for it to be there. I still stand by that. I don't. Th- I think that they have, again, they're showing it too much. And the fact that we don't have a date and we didn't see legitimate 100% gameplay outside of, oh, cinematic pans across in-engine footage. Right was a mistake to me and I mean mistake not misstep it was a mistake yeah. I don't think it should have been there that is not a deep dive they did not go into anything about the game so oh, th- no, that would have made it a deep dive they not, did. not really now afterwards we know maybe that, but we, I'm we talking know during that your the name conference. is Sam Bridges and this is all from the trailer okay. you know that there's a company yeah, named and uh, you know you had a family and you know that this girl may have something to do with your family we know there's this other girl that we don't know much about my point being is that showing actual gameplay would have been enough for me to be considered a deep dive all it did was come out of this with even more questions that still don't tell me much about the, what the game is. What did I leave with? Thinking that the game may not even be very combat heavy. And then what's funny is in the interview afterwards, he made it sound like it can be, but it can't be. So I think the game is more geared towards I, I think, surviving. Yeah, I think Kojima's being uh, very um, Kojima-esque on uh, purpose. And I really want to know who this is because this is actually funny. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I'm totally going to read this. Hold on, hold on. Don't read this if you don't want me to interrupt. This is from uh, Twitch Z. Don't read this if you don't want me to interrupt you with a super long text. We need to confirm Illuminati. Controllers have 10 buttons. Xbox controller. I am 11. 11, 10 is 1. Obama has one name. 1 plus 1 is 2. Obama was the president for two years. 2 plus 2 is 4. Illuminati has one eye. 4 is 1 is 3. No, Illumina- 4 minus 1 is 4 three. minus 1 is 3. Sorry. Illuminati has three corners. Illuminati confirmed. I want you to know that, yes, you have actually just broke the spell. Uh, and you know that all games related to media is actually part of the Illuminati. Uh, and even though we aren't traditional media, we are actually the spearhead of the Illuminati, and you figured us out. And Death Stranding um, is PT. Death Stranding is PT, and the Order 1887 has already been shown. We just don't know it. Oh, well, or you, you just, just got to shave your it. head then at that point. You got to shave your head. So I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick put in the little Illuminati emote. <laughs> hey, Nick. What's up, buddy? Okay, so we got that kind of out of the way. We do have – we asked everybody throughout the community to give us their top five so we can make the make a cumulative – score and out of all these games i have to say first of all it's a huge list it is a very huge list um i am shocked at the amount of people who did not say octopath traveler meaning zero i am very sad i am shocked at the amount of people that said far cry 76 definitely considering the people that i know are in our community um far cry 
Fallout 76. My bad. I'm crazy a little bit. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> the topic, good sir, is uh, E3 impressions. That's what we were going over. Uh, who we thought did best, who we thought did worst, where missteps happened, where great things happened. Uh, and I definitely want to hear more of you guys' stuff. So we're actually, uh, if you guys want to hit the chat with your things that you thought were best and worst and what game most surprised you, uh, if you'll get that going, we're going to go through real quick uh, the community top five from E3, which is something we reached out and asked our Discord and asked our Twitter. Uh, and if you've not joined our Twitter yet and you want to be a part of that, then go over to our Twitter at triangle SQRD, where you can find that and other posts and stuff that we do where we also post our new episodes that come out uh, every Monday. Uh, but Saul, we asked everybody in the community to give us their top five, and this actually came from a uh, suggestion from Mr. Steve Biddo. Thank you, good sir. And what we've done is we have a comprehensive list of the games that everybody thought was was the best. And what we've decided to do as a community top five is do the count of the five that were listed the most and how many times. Now, the thing is, humongous list. Uh, with that list being said, and if you want to go ahead and give your five now, uh, you know we'll, we'll shout out a few of those. Uh, but the current community top five went off the games that were listed the most, uh, and the numbers are kind of interesting because the game that won surprised me, and it there's so many, it's just ridiculous. But Saul, go ahead, give us a top five. I thought you were literally about to read the first one off. I'm like, no. this is not how top lists work. No, that's not so, how I'm doing it. Number five is the Resident Evil 2 remake with a tallying of four votes. I thought this was really interesting that this made it on here. Not that I'm not excited, but uh, certainly interesting. Number four is Death Stranding with five. So even better. Uh, that, that's a game I am excited for as well. I think Brett no, Death could Stranding, care about. But he, right here's now, the thing about Death Stranding. I'm not saying I don't care about it. I'm saying that they made a mistake by coming out and showing it the way they did. And I will stand by that until the day that I die. Now you all know how I feel about Days Gone. <laughs> and I do mean I hate Days Gone. Now, don't be wrong. Same thing. I would, If you would have came to me and, and said, oh, my God, showing Death Stranding was the biggest mistake, I would have been like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Real uh, quick, Twitch, <laughs> Twitch Z said E3. And, um, what is that? I'm actually Lithuanian. I just like to do an impression of an Aussie. Oh. Uh, well, Mike, I just want to say, uh, you know, E3 is electronic. Uh, uh, the electronic... Uh, Entertainment Expo. I'm going to stop doing that because it's probably offensive Josh, to someone. Josh isn't in here, but Josh, you can stab me if you want to. Um, E3 was the uh, number Games 15 Expo? Burger King foot lettuce. <laughs> what? Man, that sounds that sounds about like any kind of lettuce. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so if you're a gamer, Mr. Twitch Z, and uh, you don't know about E3 or you don't know about that, then hopefully Electronic Entertainment Expo gives you something. It's the yearly set of conferences that the developers give out. Uh, and if you're just pulling our chain, then good job. I am curious if we know this guy and it's just somebody using a different name, uh, which is interesting. Number three, though, and good reason, we have Cyberpunk 2077 with a total of six lists made. Here's the thing about Cyberpunk. The trailer got me interested enough because I thought it was just a really interesting way and it looked very reminiscent of Blade Runner, which is something that a lot of people said great thing to be compared to that vaporwave um, aesthetics it was it was really cool looking but i think what got me most hyped for cyberpunk was actually the stuff they started talking about after that telling me that it's in first person telling me that i can make my own character which at first you know i'm not normally a make your own character person but i'm giving them the leeway on this because not only do you make the way your character looks you determine your character's background now I, which is cool which i know that there's a there has to be a limit of the number of backgrounds that are preset into the game oh i'm sure there but is yeah by letting me choose it then you can give me a a narrative that i know that i'm attached to that i can understand that the game can see and then change depending on the narrative I've set so I know that one of the things was that Sean was worried about it uh, and he was saying that he didn't want to make your own character and I, I agree I've always been one to say that actual characters are always better because of the fact they tend to come in in such a way that 
Geralt was such a great character because you knew his history. Now, some of it you learned throughout the game, but some of it made sense, you know, with the things you saw about him and felt about him. It's a lot harder to do that, and it's something that Bethesda tried to do with Fallout 4, and I thought fell pretty flat, personally. No, Twitch, that's, um, not, a, uh, that's not a cringy name. I've heard worse. But thank you for tuning in, though. We hope you enjoy. I am, I am curious, though. A lot, it, got, it has gotten a lot of backlash about being first person. I love that for this. I uh, cannot wait to play it uh, at all. So... I'm going to play a lot of it, I think. Cyberpunk looks awesome. My biggest thing, and it's what I told Blake the other day, is that them coming out and saying that the game will be in first person. Now, they did say that why would you, you know, people were wondering why do you create your own character if you can't see him because it's first person. They are doing what plenty of other games have done and giving you a first person environment while letting you see your character and through character a third creation. person. Yeah, giving, letting you see your character that you create through third person uh, in-betweens. So that's awesome to me. Letting, you, let me. letting me during cinematic areas see my character is a great way to do it, but letting me play in first person will probably end up to being a far more fun for me. I have a very big soft spot, soft spot for first person games that are not just first person shooters, but instead let you interact. But my biggest thing is that I think it's interesting that they may actually be able to out Bethesda, Bethesda potentially. Oh no. Yeah. That's very, that's very true. So and we'll see even Blake in the chat. He says, I like making characters more. I enjoy Bethesda games because I get to make my own backstory. Couldn't have said it better myself. Anytime Here's- I made a Skyrim character, it was. It had a name that was very specific. It had a backstory on why he was being arrested and being brought into um, Helgen, and it's all specific. And now I will say this: that's great. But some people, and I'm not saying me, I do like to. I I, I prefer to hear somebody else's character that they've made a backstory for because it tends to be more in depth because they spent time on it. In the 15 to 20 minutes before I make my character on, or while I'm making my character on any game, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, his name is uh, Lithuar, no, and his this, scar this on his eye is from when either. he was... This is like hours of thinking about why Why were you arrested for illegally crossing Helgen? Maybe because I was a bandit that got lost from its you know, its people, and I got and I accidentally crossed that city-state line. Okay, but that's a, that's a lot of maybes, and that's a lot of very malleable, quick in the moment. Now, don't get me wrong. I just made that's that up how, off the top that, of my head. That's how characters do it. I was about to do the same, but... It doesn't have the same impact as someone who sat there and thought and given me reasons throughout the game to call back to earlier moments. Well, you just got to have an imagination to do it yourself. Okay, I want to say this much. And this is a really important thing, in my opinion. Do you think, and I know that some people stand, The Last of Us is a game that's very all over the place. Do you think The Last of Us would have been as good as you if you made your character? No, but do you think Skyrim would be as good if you didn't make your character? Not necessarily, I don't know. See, that's, now, that's, and that's what, what I mean. I'll say. In it, these kind of open world games... It, it, but it, I will say this, The Witcher 3 had a better story than Skyrim, and that's probably realistically because... Well, it's a different type of game, too. Well, because they had pre-made characters that right. were very important, and, and Geralt had a history with these people. Your character doesn't have a history with but any of these I people, will say ever. That, that in in terms of long-standing RPG mechanics, if you go into a game and build a game around a person creating their character, with in terms of the stats, the character creation, and all that stuff, yep. Uh, Brett does not doesn't First understand of all, Blake, imagination. Imagination. Well, I've seen saying, SpongeBob, and I know imagination, but not everyone wants to go through. My thing is, is if I did that, I would have to be like, okay, Cyberpunk lets me make my own character, and I have to make my own backstory. I would have to start writing that crap down now and really making sure that I was like, this is why my character's going to be like this. Oh. But the problem with that is that the game does not reconfirm or come back and touch back on your backstory because it doesn't know your backstory. The game knows Geralt's backstory. The game knows Joel's backstory. It can play off of that backstory, but that's why I'm excited about Cyberpunk. Me being able to choose a backstory that it can somehow reference throughout the game is awesome. Yeah. Games where you do not have that ability, the game cannot play off of your 
established backstory that you've given it because the game has no access to that information. It's a, it's a game of strengths and weaknesses in different areas. And I understand that it's fun for so many reasons, but I think that I prefer more games where you have a character because I tend to care more about the character and his interactions with the other characters because there's a history more often than not. Or that's the end of my stance. You on have it. character creation and you can make Tobias like we're going to be doing in dark souls three right after this stream and have Tobias the Blue Unforgiven. Yeah, sorry, Twitch. I'm Brett. That's all. Yeah. Um, just a Twitch. But anyways, back to the list. Number two, we have The Last of Us 2 with seven community votes. So I think we all know that we're excited for this game. Um, I really don't have much to say about it. I, the trailer excited me. I'm going to get it. I'm going to play it. I may platinum it. Who knows? Brett? Pretty much the same. <sighs> we all knew it was coming. We all It was no expectation for it not being there. It was not a surprise to see. Uh, I don't know if I'll platinum it because I didn't platinum first. And it was a very hard game to platinum. Nah, you just got to get that grounded difficulty done. No, no, the no. The online stuff is what makes it the, the factions, but Thanks, Dylan. I am the bald one. Balding. Has 432 waifu statues. I'll let him know that I have 437 waifu you. statues. Anyway, uh, let's see. Number one, Number Baldi. one, number one. Ghost of Tsushima with 10 total votes. Yeah, so here's the thing about Ghost. Also not surprising. Great, great, great looking game. The atmosphere killed it. The Tor- way Tori Bash. <laughs> hey, first of all, Tori Bash is actually incredibly fun. Have you ever played it? No. Do you know what it is? No. <laughs> Just the name. Tori Bash is this game where you do turn based wrestling. What? And first of all, yes, Dylan knows about it. I'm starting to think that this is actually potentially Dylan. Uh no, he's on in a, there. On a side account. I don't know. But I'm telling you this much. Toy Bash is joints that you move and you make a move and you tell it where it's going to move. And then the thing is, because it's turn-based, it actually like you can – they can move and you don't expect them to be moving. It's incredibly fun and we need to play it. And I will download it on my computer so you can game? play it. Yes. Okay, I didn't know. See, look, there, <laughs> there goes Dylan. Toy Bash is so fun. I think – I bet you this is Jonathan's – Alt account. Possibly. With that said, though, Blake, uh, I am a huge fan of The Last of Us, but I'm also excited for The Last of Us 2. I get why not everyone is a fan of The Last of Us, and I think that that's obviously fine. People who are like, oh, my God, you have to be crapping on it because it's a PlayStation exclusive. I know that's not what's going on. It, those games, honestly, everybody plays that one game. Like you know, I talked about Watch Dogs was not for me. Watch Dogs 2, I don't know. I didn't play it. If it's anything like one, I'm not necessarily sure I will. Um, but that just didn't strike me. Now, the does two maybe have great gameplay? I don't know. Two's gameplay looks better than what I saw in one, and I can I stand with you on saying like you know you can look at two and say oh the gameplay looks great. It does look great, and I think that there's a good point that the story could even be better. I don't know, and I think The Last of Us is a special game of when it came out, and nobody expected it to be as good as it was after Uncharted was this big thing. Uh, but go ahead, Saul. Anything else you have to say? No, I'm glad we finally got gameplay, and I think it looks fantastic. It's going to be a nice break from that. Um, uh, paranormal style, magical, feudal Japan that we're going to get with Neo Two and Sekiro. So, did you see that Neo Two lets you make your own character? No. Yep. Character creation in Neo Two. William will not be the protagonist. There will not be a pre-story. And see, interesting. Another thing: the story and the way that it tried playing in Neo mattered to the fact that it had a character. I'm not saying Neo 2 will be worse because of it, just that it will be different, and it will be interesting because the game, unlike the first one, will not be able to reference your past in the same way. Right. Okay. Interesting. So So that has been the community top five. Let's go ahead and move on to our top five. Brett, what are your top five? First of all, I did not know you could customize your character in Tori Bash 
good to know. Uh, but yeah, Tory Bass is free. I didn't know that, and uh, we will get it. Thanks, Dylan, for that information. I did not know it's free. Uh, yes, Twitchy, the topic is games, video games. That's what we're talking about. Um, so let's see, my top five. Let's okay. So from delivering on what I was wanting to see majorly and I do think that maybe they showed a bit and I was at first standing in the stance of well don't show too much because let some stuff be sacred but also I was so excited that I couldn't keep myself from doing anything Kingdom Hearts 3 yeah is my most and I'm gonna do I know that you did the community in backwards order I'm gonna do mine in the, in the opposite I was gonna order. say how dare you yeah uh, so with that being said Kingdom Hearts is number one and that's just because I know what I'm getting into and I know that it showed me the things that I wanted to see here, here it's funny we went from talking the same day about the fact that I did not care about the Pirates of the Caribbean world in 2 and then it was okay but it was just a throwaway world and probably one of the worst worlds done just for them to come out and show me a much better much greater looking Pirates of the Caribbean world that actually had everything that I thought the first one should have needed what did I say in the car about Pirates of the Caribbean it was too small too short the areas were not expanded on so it just felt like you were going through a husk it was bland bland and ugly because it was trying to be realistic on a console that really couldn't pull it off instead what did we see with this new one realistic with a tone of a lot of atmosphere so you're getting a weird take and because it can be more realistic anyway it looks better but my biggest thing is in the first game you did not get Sora in a really cool pirate costume in this one you get Bloodborne Sora and I loved it it looks so good uh, and so there's there's that. I'm not a fan of Frozen, but I actually thought Arendelle looked fun. It looked cool. And I thought that they really hit the head uh, of the nail on the graphics. You know, it looked like what you expect of Frozen. Uh, I wish that the presentation wise, it would have had whatever errors that people heard. I don't remember them, but I was also really hyped and excited. Showing me Aqua with those yellow eyes. Holy hell. I guess what it is is that it hit me with the hype train, right? Right. That's yeah, what it was. It, it was super exciting uh, to see that last moment. I was already at the station sitting there, thumb up, you know, trying to hitchhike. And then what happened? Hype right, train comes hit through, train. hits me. And now I'm in that part where, you know, I said that it's it's one of those things where I'm normally pretty good at man, man, like keeping my hype maintained so that it doesn't ruin the experience for me. I'm having a hard time with that currently on Kingdom Hearts. The upside is that because Kingdom Hearts is coming out so long from now, uh, you know, I, I have, have seven. Well, months. yeah, but I have seven months to calm myself down. That's true. a little bit. So, but right now, I'm really high on that. Uh, so that was Saul, your, that was your that one. was my one. Now you got to do your whole list now. That, that's what I was going to ask. I can't do my one. I'm going to count down. Okay, I was going to say, do you want to do your five, and we'll bounce it that no, way? No, that'll be but, weird. Fine. Uh, two very closely behind Kingdom Hearts was Ghost of Tsushima because I love Sucker Punch and I've loved every single one of their games that they've done so far. Even if Second Son was a little bit of a letdown to me personally, it was still an extremely fun game, extremely beautiful game. It only lacked in story in comparison to their other games. Uh, With that being said, seeing those developers working on something that's so beautiful and so different than what they were doing and even so different than Sly Cooper uh, because while Infamous was a lot different, you saw a lot of Sly Cooper's DNA and infamous, you do not see any infamous or Sly Cooper DNA in uh, Ghost of Tsushima, in my opinion. Uh, so with that said, it looked awesome. The fact that what they showed us was actually a side mission, I thought was awesome, and it shows me that maybe the game's doing better than we thought. And they just are not. They wanted to show the game without having to show you the main things that you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I think that the third game for me, and that's because I have a vested interest in the series, is the. The Last of Us 2, and I don't think that that's really surprising. And I think, that's why I give it my middle ground. Um, 4 
is Starfield, and that's because I wanted Starfield to happen so bad, but I was starting to get to the point that I didn't... I was like, maybe these rumors are not true in the slightest, but they ended up being true. And then the last one's also going to go to Bethesda currently because the other game that has me the most excited out of E3 uh, is The Elder Scrolls Six, and that's only because I was starting to think that they were getting complacent. Them talking about it at least lets me know that they're not trying to let... Elder Scrolls just become the de facto Elder, Elder Scrolls Online become the de facto Elder Scrolls and instead are letting me know hey we do want a traditional 6 while it's after Starfield we are talking about it we are doing it that's awesome the fact that they've got 3 studios now means that all 3 of these games can be concurrently in development in some stage uh, while different ones take priority right. that's cool to see uh, quick shout out and I'm just going to give it to one uh, and it's because I've always I love the series ever since I played Last Light Metro Exodus looks so good it looks amazing, and it coming out looking like everything that Last Light was by opening it up and expanding the scale looks awesome. That's my shout-out if you want to include one. so Sure. Okay, so my, my top five list goes as follows. Number five, Sekiro. Shout-out to that twice. Super excited for it and confirmed that Miyazaki is working on it and uh, confirmed that uh, Activision's in it, weirdly enough, for some unknown yet potentially bad reason. Uh, I think we were both very surprised when they when they showed the Activision card on there. Out of left field, don't know why, don't know where it came from, but uh, interesting to say the least. Odd, odd choice of publisher, and I don't know if it was Activision reaching out to them or them reaching out to Activision. I feel like it was probably Activision reaching out to them off of the Soul success because we already knew that Bandai Namco had um, the Soul stuff, so they were like, well, this is a new thing. A couple of interesting things. Did you see where they talked about the fact that it is not going to have traditional RPG elements? Instead, it's going to have... Uh, it's just going to be like an action game that has some differences in weapons, but it's going to be more along the style of like a Devil May Cry. Yeah, and I'm curious to see how true that actually is. Uh, I'm sure it has some truth to it, but the way Miyazaki teased Bloodborne not being Bloodborne, uh, people po- has pointed that out, that... that um, the Cinecene or whatever that new VR game is called that looks oddly like yep. Bloodborne. It's, yep. it's made by, um, from and Japan Studios. And, of course, uh, Miyazaki has a hand in it as well. People are curious as to if there is a nod in there about Bloodborne 2, potentially. But, um, so, yeah, um, I've lost track now. I mean, that, that Sekiro was five, right? So Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, number Real four, quick, though, um... Let's see. Uh, Blake says, and I just thought this was interesting. Starfield's in production, and Elder Scrolls Six is in pre-production, so they are working on it, working on both. Like I thought, that that makes sense. I did not see the interview with Todd. Uh, with Todd, I did not get to check a lot of the interviews. I just tried keeping up with them as much as I could. So thank you for that information, Blake. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know it is in pre-production for Elder Scrolls Six. That's why these two games will not make my list at all. Because uh, these are games that I know I'm going to get and come out. There's also some games that aren't on my list that I'm going to explain why. Uh, here in a moment but uh, number four is Ghost of Tsushima just because uh, like I said earlier it's going to be a really cool break to go to a uh, samurai field feudal Japan and be able to do kind of everything that you can in Neo and in what Sekiro is doing but without any of that supernatural element to it so that's Dang, Ron, cool how often do you get smoke breaks bud I was on another one glad you're back <laughs> uh, but hey we're getting hosted by Twitch I don't thanks man I don't know what that means. That means that on his channel, he's broadcasting us right now. So okay, cool. That's if he good. has any That's like, cool. if he has any current viewers or anything, we they all are watching us now. Uh, my long written thing got ignored. Oh, he's talking about his that multiplayer game. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Robocraft. That uh, he said is kind of fun, and he does say I like such games as Rainbow Six. I'm now is I that Rainbow Six Siege? If this is Jonathan <laughs> or not. 
I have no followers. Oh, well, maybe one of our guys will come help you out with that. Um, but yeah, so Ghost being number four. Um, number three is um, uh, Anthem. I'm excited for Anthem. I'm excited to get my hands on Anthem. I'm Rainbow Six Siege. He did confirm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so let's see here. We'll go back down from the list again real quick just for my mental state. Uh, we have Sekiro, Ghost, um, and I... See, this is—I don't know what's wrong with my brain right now. Sekiro, Sekiro, Ghost, Ghost, Anthem. and uh, Anthem. Uh, number two um, being showed off at uh, Microsoft as well of all the conferences to have it showed off at um, Halo Infinite. Like, I'm not so much excited as curious as to why it's Infinite and okay. not Six. Okay. Um, and see, at first, because I didn't quite say it in the thing, I thought maybe it wasn't 343 working on it, but, but they yeah, have it is. confirmed and that it's it is 343. And it's a brand new engine. And um, did you see, and this is something that Blake pointed out, so thanks to him, uh, Naughty Dog's senior, do artist anxi- uh, art- a senior environment artist left and joined 343. I did not see that. Yeah. So that is interesting. So new engine, new visuals. I'm excited for what it is. <laughs> but yeah, I do need new coffee <laughs> or more coffee. Um but yeah, so number two, or was that number two? That was number two. Number one, Octopath Traveler. I should have known. We, we all knew this was coming if you've heard me gush about it. So here's the thing about Octopath, as I know that it's just because of your love of these types of games, it, it's just so far up your alley that I, I knew it was going to be at the top of your list, but I wanted to see. Uh, so I mean, respectable I mean, I, answer, I get it. That game right there, like from what I played of the demo, if the game is entirely like that and the story stays, stays solid, because, I mean, Bravely Default was a great game. Uh, and it turns out that, you know, halfway through the game, or a little bit more than halfway through the game in Bravely Default, you're repeating crystals and stuff that you had to do already, and it kills the pacing. Sure. And that actually kills why I don't want to play Bravely Default again, because I've played through it tw- three times already, twice maybe, uh, for sure. But that part right there kills the pacing for me. But if this game doesn't do anything like that, and if all eight characters are as good as Cyrus that I've played now... And the, the entirety of the game doesn't dwell on, on and on and on. It has great pacing. And I'm interacting with all these characters. I am confident to say that this game can be my very top three of Game of the Year of this year. So, Twitch Z says, I like how Saul is that long-haired guy, long-beard hair, and Brett's a short-haired guy. Uh, yeah. I don't normally wear my hair like this. So, this is, this is uh, don't stroke his ego. Too late, uh, Dylan. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I don't wear my hair like this often. But I've been lazy with it, and, you know, it doesn't look bad like Dude, this. you're on vacation. Be lazy. You know I what I mean? two more days left of vacation, today and tomorrow. So, I'm going to be lazy. But, yeah, my top five right there, Octopath. We, <laughs> my brain, man, is just, like, completely messed up right now for whatever reason but we have octopath we have um halo infinite we have anthem we have ghost of tsushima and we have sekiro okay i think that list actually makes perfect sense for you i don't think mine was that surprising either no yeah Uh, i think that do you have a shout out since i did give one to metro is there any other game that you just kind of want to i mean i did not put last of us two on the list is because i know that game's going to be fantastic yeah i know it's going to be good i know it's going to play well i know it's going to be a quality game so I'm not excited for it, if that makes sense. Like, I know when, when the game comes out, like a week before, I'm going to be looking forward to it and excited to play it. But I already know the package that I'm going to get delivered, basically. So I'm not exactly excited for it right now. Uh, they did not confirm a release date for that game, did they? No, they did okay. not. Uh, That's what I thought. <laughs> Twitch, yeah, it's, it's 3 o'clock here. And did you see Dylan? The hair's getting in the way of your brainwaves. Maybe that's it, you know? Maybe that is it. Um... But yeah, Twitch, it is 3 o'clock here. <laughs> Dylan lives in our town. Um, but uh, so yeah, 
I mean, so shout out to Last of Us 2. I'm going to play the game. I'm going to love it. So I know that. No reason to be on a list. Um, it's more of these games that I'm more curious and excited about at the same time that I want to get my hands on real bad is what my list was kind of catered towards. Um, so there is that. Uh, 11 o'clock. Wow. Late God, over there, man. Yeah. That is late. I love the first Halo threes or the first three Halos a lot, Blake. Yeah, um, Halo two best campaign of the entire series, other than four. Uh, and I know that's a controversial statement to make. First of all, I'm gonna back you up. We all know that I am a four fan. I, I, I thought Halo four was amazing. Campaign was great. From eight, the, now, the, last, the last of it, the last like hour was pretty weak. But the last hour of all the Halo games are, are weak. weak. Every single one of them. I agree with that. Yeah. The, well, the first one, the first time you experience Halo one, and you're getting off the. Um, the Halo ring and you're on the Warthog and you have to make it to wherever you're going. I can't remember. I played that game probably 150 times by now. I go to uh, sleep at like 12, so midnight every night. I get you. I'm hoping tonight. So you got time. Yeah. I'm hoping tonight that you, uh, that, that well, I say you, I'm talking to, talking to Brett more, um, but we're going to stay and play Sea of Thieves tonight with Blake. That'd be fun. I think so. I, um, I still need to play some Vampire, but I'm going to do that in between some stuff. So yeah, we'll stay up and play some, as long as Blake is good. I don't know if he's off tonight. I can't remember. Blake, oh, yeah. confirm if you are off. But uh, I think that's kind of it for this episode, right? Do we have anything else we want to go over? You know, I don't think so. This has been, E3's been a Bye really Ryan. crazily exciting week. Oh, see you, Ryan. Uh, E3's been a crazy exciting week. Now, there's been other stuff that's made my week not exciting. Uh, it was my birthday week. It, birthday kind of man, but Sony ended up coming in and got mostly saving cake, it. Hey, the he's off up. tonight, so that means we can play for a while. Um, you know, I got to say, I think that you know, everybody... Everybody's E3 this year. I don't feel like there was one that I watched. Now I will say again, no Ubisoft, no Nintendo that I watched. Everybody's was good, and like to the point that I did not leave any of those people's going. It was just objectively bad. Uh, EA was the weakest to me, and the only b- reason being is that while I understand that Squares was not incredibly strong, they did show a couple of games that I'm like, oh, Babylon's Fall looks awesome. I want to yes. see more about it. Don't get me wrong. Yes, but. It looks uh, awesome. And the biggest thing to me is that they did not have pacing problems because it was all pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. And, they, and it was, was over, the same. It was over very quickly. They did not spend too much time on any one thing. They go, hey, here's our games. Bam, 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 bam. Now, you know, I, I will agree. Blaze said, Blaze said this, and I, I mean, and I understand it, and I agree that the statement is very true, is that it's just a game that could, I mean, it's just, the problem with it is that it could have been any day. Nothing about it just screamed E3. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and uh, I, I will give a shout-out to Colin because I have been following Colin Moriarty's um, videos for his E3 stuff, and he made a really good point about it's – it's. I mean, I guess there are people who are going to go every year that enjoy it, but at this point, for a majority of people, to have a actual live conference in, in this day and age is also weird. Like, okay, okay, hold up. I, I agree, first of all. Uh, I'm sorry, but Blake brings up a good point. Where's Rage 2? Uh, so fin- my, finish on, your thought. Not but on my list at all. I'm gonna talk, it's not on my I'm list. Excited. It's not on my list, I but I want to talk about it. Uh, so you, you want to finish on your statement? No, yeah. I, I think that Colin hit the nail on the head when, in, when he said that these conferences don't have to be live. They don't need audiences. They can kind of just do what they do. It does make it fun live, and it does make it fun for host no, when done it, right. It does. It does. Uh, like, and, okay, like, like every year for Sony up until this one in the past almost decade yeah. has been great. This one... Made had had me had that feeling of this should have just been pre-recorded. Like I left there not having fun. <laughs> Copy I had a and PC. Pasta. Wait, what? 
He said, yeah, he said he had a PC until his laser broke. I don't remember playing anything at all. Uh, I want to talk on this topic as this is a serious talk show. Not really serious, but hey, most of the time I use the app Copy and Pasta to kind of make people laugh. <laughs> Go ahead, Switch. Become a jokester. <laughs> we don't have too terribly long left on this hey, particular episode. Yeah, uh, we're about to break away for about 10, 15 minutes to be able to uh, set up for Dark Souls 3. Maybe so. a little bit longer. I'm going to say closer to 30 so that we have time to... Uh, maybe eat something, too. Yeah, because I will be hungry. So we'll yeah. see. Maybe, maybe even an hour. We'll see. But we are going to come back and do a full play of Dark Souls 3 and see if Saul can not be a dweeb today. Um, oh, no, I'm going to be a dweeb. Yeah, but yeah, real quick, just to kind of talk about Blake's thing, I do think that this... All right, Twitch, we'll see, but <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right back. Um, with that, I, I, I do want to mention Bethesda. Saul does always eat. That is very you true. You have no idea how uh, much I, I want to mention. I want to mention Bethesda because this is a thing. You were talking about a host. can, can a, ho- a host when done right can save everything, right? Well, a host I, done right. Yeah, like Todd Howard saved everything. Todd Howard that. saved Bethesda because, that, because the rest of Bethesda cringy. was every, bad. Uh, every moment up until... When they brought hosts. Yeah, I would say Pete Hines was good. Solid, well, Pete, Pete, but he great. was not there a lot. And, yeah. he, and he he was there to get a job done and leave. Yeah, and then the whole The rest thing, of the people felt what was odd, like, out of place. The not a mimic thing on Prey. Stop that. We don't need these... This is what kills pacing is when you try to be funny with these stupid jokes. I will say this. Todd Howard, I mean, not Todd, um, um, no, Lord, Todd, Todd Howard, not Todd Howard, the, um, P Hines could have saved that moment by coming out after that. With bloodied and stuff. With bloodied yeah. with, with his mimic thing, like with the note in his hand and then threw it to the ground. That would have been awesome. Yeah. That would have been a great way to save that poorly. It would have made the joke worth it because it, it before, would have. It would have been the that, actual the joke was awful. Yeah, it would have yeah. been the actual punchline instead of the post. So, he, and then Todd the Howard's jokes in the middle were fantastic. Too. Todd Howard saved that from a host standpoint. It was it was funny. You know, it was well done. A little bit of it was like dad jokes, but funny no, nonetheless. No, yeah, like, the self deprecation jokes. When he was hilarious. like, I read on the internet, some of our games have bugs. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, true. It's true. The whole the Skyrim Alexa thing, which turned out to be a real game, is hilarious. You can't get to work on my phone. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to try it myself because I really want to play it, and I think it's a great idea. Soul. Despiteful. But I will say this. I thought Rage I, I thought their 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 whole thing was was really well done if you take out the bad pacing in between. I didn't care for a lot of the game's DLC, but that's because of me and I didn't play them before. But I understand the moments and I understand why they did it. Right. Uh, but here's the biggest thing. Rage two, in terms of why it surprised me, I I'm not gonna say surprised. That seemed like a weird word. As soon as I found out that it was not going to be or at first, I found it wasn't going to be ID Tech or ID Tech, whatever you want to call them. Um, I was like, okay, this worries me because the original, if nothing else, had had decent shooting, right? But it was just poorly optimized, and you couldn't end up playing it. But what I want to say is that when I first found out it was Avalanche, I wasn't instantly like, oh god, this is going to be so good because Mad Max was a fine game. But what I want from Rage is the shooting from Doom that we saw in an open world setting. And that's exactly what we're getting because Avalanche are working alongside id Tech. And that's awesome. That's all I needed to see to make me excited for the game. And I'm so happy because of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so is that it? Like we, we talked about Bethesda. I am excited for rage for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get that game at launch. It's going to be very similar to a days gone thing where I'm going to pick it up later on down the road when there's nothing else to play in that particular moment in time or I'm more free. Um, but <laughs> I assume it's supposed to be chanting like a Native American. I don't honestly know. I don't know what that means. 
<laughs> the structure of it was kind of funny there. I didn't even think about a Native American thing until you brought that up. I know. Um, I, that's the only thing I can get out of it. Um, let's go get some food, particularly Wendy's maybe. I know you had it last night, but we could always eat it again, right? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but we will we get some food fast. for sure, and then we will be back. So any of you who want to join us for the live Saw plays, uh, be we'll, we'll broadcast out if uh, you know we'll do the thing where it'll send the thing. Uh, we're going to end this stream and let it go. We'll let you guys know. Uh, and we will be back to get all that going here. I- I'm going to say give us an hour. Yeah. So expect us around 4 o'clock, and we will be back, and we will get to playing on that. But until then, this has been another episode of Triangle Squared, a live one at that, and we will see you guys <laughs> in a little bit Thank if you're coming to join us for Saw Place and next week with the next episode if you are going to see us then. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys.